Hey, Justin here with Stay at Home Dads Podcast. Welcome to the show. Hope everyone's having a wonderful day, wonderful week. Getting ramped up for the weekend. It's Friday. Anyways, welcome to the place. I talk about a lot of dad and family stuff as well as many guy topics and things we all struggle with or at least things that I struggle with. So thank you for tuning in. Thank you for being here today. Also, I want to mention something real quick. Just because this show is called Stay at Home Dads Podcast doesn't mean it's just for stay-at-home dads. I'm currently a stay-at-home dad. You don't have to be to hopefully get value from this show. And honestly, who knows how long I will be a stay-at-home dad. My youngest is five and a half. She's going to be in kindergarten next year. So I don't know. Can I just kick it at home doing nothing all the time when my kids are gone all day? But uh, either way, if you're a parent, if you're a guy, if you're a gal, if you're not a parent, doesn't matter. I hope you get some value from what I talk about here every week. Anyways, following up with last week's show, I took this assertiveness quiz. Remember, I linked it in the description, told you to check it out. Well, I took it. I just took it uh, the other day. It didn't go so well. I actually took it twice. The first time was in the 50s out of a scale of 100. And then today when I took it again, it was 34. Yeah. Out of 100. Maybe, I don't know, maybe I was a little too liberal with how I answered the second time around, but either way, I am not that assertive. So let me read the little snapshot that it gives you after you take this quiz. This is what it said. You seldom address issues that concern you the most. You usually wait for someone else to bring them up. When someone treats you poorly, you often hesitate to speak openly. Letting people know you disagree with them is difficult since you generally lack self-assurance. However, if you act like you deserve respect, others will treat you accordingly. Gee, geez, kind of stings a little bit. Now granted, like I said, I did it the other day and it wasn't as bad as it was when I just took it this most recent time, but bottom line is I'm not that assertive, I guess. I think my stay-at-home dadness has softened me up a little bit from my old grizzled attitude of my working days. So maybe that's what happened. Because I remember when I used to work blue-collar work, I worked in mechanic shops a lot. I worked in construction yards and fields and businesses. I felt like I was very assertive. I was very confident with talking with coworkers or customers. All on a daily basis, I would talk to these people. And there were times where I had to flare up a little bit, let the beast out in a way to get my point across or to line somebody out, which back then, sure, it still wasn't fun, but I didn't have an issue doing it. Or maybe I did. Maybe I just let it build up enough where that was my only choice, like I mentioned before, and it just blows up and blows out. And then there you have it. Oh, and I had this prime opportunity to be Mr. Assertive with all these contractors that have been working around my house for weeks. One of the guys who was finishing my garage drywall, he was finishing a room in the basement. He was putting drywall up and doing walls and doing construction. And then they were going to paint everything, right? Last week, he said he was all done, wanted me to check out some finish work that he had built, some access covers to get into some plumbing lines and stuff in a wall. 
Well, we were out to dinner. We were out at a charity event for my daughter's school, so we weren't there when he was there, so we missed him. So he texts me asking if I could go down there and check out what he did, and in his words, this is what he said. That's the best I could come up with. So we get home from dinner, late, like 11 p.m. We go down to the basement to check his work, and man, oh man. It was awful. It was pretty bad. So what did I do? I told him it was okay, and it would just have to be fine. Why did I say that? Why did I take that path of least resistance and take that safe route and not tell him how I feel. I don't know why I did that. I told him it was okay. That's crazy. My wife hates it. I didn't like it. And I should have said that. But I lied to him. And apparently I lied to myself to save this awkward exchange. That was on Friday last week. So it stewed at me, kind of ate at me all weekend, all day Saturday. And I'm just thinking about this. I'm like, oh, I can't let it go. I, I just did this show last week. I was like, I got to be assertive, right? So I texted the guy. And I'm not sure this is the, the best way. Maybe I should have called him. And I know it's not the most forward way to address an issue like this, but it was the least I could do. Least confrontational, you know. And I told him, I, over text, I said, hey, the more I look at this, the more it's not up to my standard or the more... I don't like it, that we're going to have to do something different with this, is what I told him. So I will order some legitimate access panels that you can buy on Amazon or from 100,000 different suppliers online. I will change the openings you made because the openings he had were ginormous and huge. I will change that. And then if he can come in and do the drywall mud and fill it in and patch it out, then cool. We can move on from this and will be right as rain, as they say. Sounds like a deal, right? So I texted that to him, and he's okay with that. And the thing is, is I messed up. I screwed up. And I've noticed I've done this in the past. I get contractors to work for me, and I make this mistake of thinking, hey, they're professionals. They know this business. They know all the right things to do and the correct things to buy, and how this whole process works. And then maybe it comes into my lack of assertiveness. I don't know. I don't want to tell them what to do. Well, had I told Mr. Contractor, hey, here is the panels I want, or this is how I want this installed, or here's the size of the, the panels I want, or hey, I already bought them. Here's the access doors I want you to install in this wall. Install it. Then none of these issues would have even happened. Shit would have gone so much smoother and I wouldn't be having awkward conversations and text streams back and forth waiting on him to finish this job. So I do take some responsibility, to a degree at least. And I don't want to blast the guy. I don't want to make him feel bad. He did work hard. His guys worked hard. He communicated well. For the most part, we got what we wanted. Did he rush a little bit? Yeah, he rushed the job. I mean, he was working at my house until 10 o'clock at night. But I will, on my social media, I'm going to post a couple pictures of the before and after, just so you can get an idea of what I'm talking about and what you think. Because I think the way I did it is 
a lot better. I'll be honest, it's a lot better. So this whole thing, this whole scenario got me thinking a little bit. We've all probably been there at some point. We pay for something to get done. We ask for things to be done. We even expect things to be done. And a lot of times, what happens? We get frustrated. We get angry. We end up doing things ourselves, complaining about it, and getting it done. And maybe we're a little particular on how we want things done. And other people don't do that. So take my contractor in, for example. I got frustrated. I said to hell with it. I said I'll figure it out on my own. So I beat up the internet. I looked for things that I wanted to find. And I did it on my own. And yes, I'm much happier with it in the end. But it shouldn't have had to be that way. And all these things happen everywhere, all the time, with contractors or yard companies or coworkers or even within your family, with your spouse maybe, or even your kids. But is it the right way to go about it? Is it a lack of ability to rely on other people? Or are you, or me, myself, just so particular that we don't like things done unless it's exactly the way we want them done? What really makes me think is the kid aspect, or maybe even the wife aspect, the spouse aspect, and how we probably do this, and we maybe not even we, we may not even realize that we do it. How we ask for things to be done, and then we get frustrated and irritated, and we just end up doing it ourselves. But what is that teaching them? What's that teaching the kids? That they can't do anything good enough for me? They can't do anything that will reach my expectation level that it's unachievable in a way? And then does this set the stage for them as they get older to think this way about other people or for them not to value themselves in some way, shape, or form? I don't know. Or is it going to facilitate a lazy mentality that, oh, I don't have to do things. My dad will do it. My mom will do it. Or my husband will do it. My wife will do it. Hey, if I do a shitty enough job, someone else will just come in and do it for me or do it the right way, and I won't have to. Are we, like, slowly indoctrinating them with that mentality? So in that regard, there has to be a better way. Well, Kathy P. is an organization and productivity consultant. She calls it do-everything-myself syndrome where people juggle many things, home and work, and then they have this huge laundry list of things that they want to get done or they feel that they have to do and all that stuff is just bogging them down. She says people can often take on tasks that aren't really suited for them, that we all have different strengths and different weaknesses and not everyone is going to be able to do everything. It just isn't possible, according to her. And when we try to make it possible, we burn time that we could use spending on other things or being more productive in other areas. Like I talked about in a past episode, either spending time or spending money, that kind of dilemma that we come across. And also, what's it feel like when we have so much shit to do? What happens? We neglect other things, possibly more important things trying to do everything else ourselves. And then comes in that burnout, maybe you neglect your family, maybe you neglect your job, maybe you neglect other things that you need to get done that should be higher on the priority list. Kathy says we need to learn to delegate, bestowing the responsibility of some of these things onto someone else. And she says there are three types of tasks that fall into this delegate category. Tasks we don't enjoy, pretty self-explanatory, but in my book, 
that's not really entirely doable. Just because you don't enjoy doing the laundry, Justin, doesn't mean that I delegate that to my wife. That wouldn't be very cool. Or I don't enjoy cutting my grass. That takes me an hour to do a week. Should I delegate that to a yard company that's going to charge me 40 bucks a week? I don't know. But yes, I know what she is referring to. It's fine if it's finishing a concrete slab or like in my house, installing some flashing on my roof to keep the friggin' mice out of my attic. Side note though, I don't really want to fork out 1800 bucks to pay someone to do that. I know I could do it myself and save some money, but maybe that is something that I just grit and bear and pay and have someone else do. So then that's not on my plate anymore. The next task type she mentions are tasks that we shouldn't even do because it's not really in the best interest of our time. And that may be even things that we can do or even like doing. She says someone else can do an adequate job, so should we, so we should delegate them. Well, Kathy, I thought my contractor would do a swell job on my house, and he didn't. So I had to step in. So I don't know, you know, you can delegate that to somebody, but I guess you better make sure who you're delegating it to can adequately do the job to at least your standard or a decent standard. Last one she talks about are things that we cannot do, things we can't do at all, things that need to be done, but we don't have the skill to do them ourselves. You know, I'm starting to think that Kathy is swimming in money. I think she's just McDucking it up there, delegating things, pointing her finger, having things done for her, and just forking over the cash. Because if I delegated everything I didn't feel like doing, I wouldn't have any money, okay? Uh, I wouldn't have a lot of disposable income because I would be paying everyone to do everything. That's not really the right way to do it either. She does mention though that if you're on a tight budget, maybe swap time or expertise with a friend or a neighbor. Say trading cooking for landscaping. That was the, the uh, example she used. So sure, there are some good points there. If you're busy, then move some of those wants and those tasks off to others, delegate them out, hand, hand them out to other people, delegate them to your family, your kids, whatever. I see what she's saying. We can't do it all. And time is precious, right? Spend it where it matters. But what if you can't trust anybody? Apparently, like myself, I can't trust people to do things. I don't always do everything because I love doing it. I feel like I've been burned enough where it compels me to do a lot of these things myself. It also helps too that I have a lot more time than the average guy to be able to do a lot of these things. If I was working 10 hours, eight hours a day, I would probably be delegating a lot more things. Speaking of delegating, one time we had our fridge looked at. It was having some sort of issue and like the water line was freezing up or something. So $70 repair call we made. We had the repair guy come out. He literally went to the little screen on the front of the fridge and he goes through the menu and pushes some buttons and he goes, well, there's no fault codes in here. Nothing has says that it's failed. Nothing's popped up. So he's like, eh, it's pretty much fine. And he left. Like what in the F, dude, really? You just, that's it? I could have done that. Well, a month later, we had an issue with the clothes washer, the washing machine. 
And I almost picked up the phone to delegate that duty to the repair guy. But then I was like, wait a second, hold on. Before we waste $70 for him to come out and do all this, let me try to mess with it myself. Well, one YouTube video and $30 part and an hour of my time, I had the washing machine back up and working just the way it should. So 30 bucks in an hour and I did what he did. And he could have come out and said, well, it seems fine and left. So that's kind of what I'm talking about. So yeah, in some instances, especially if you're like me and you can't trust people and you're cheap, because I think I'm kind of cheap, then maybe you can do tasks that you shouldn't do or aren't trained to do. You can figure it out if you have the time. That's the important point there, if you have the time. All right, now that I've wasted, you know, 20 minutes on talking about myself, I want to mention this concept with my kids as well. And I know we've all been there. We've asked them to do something for us, to take care of a chore. And what happens? They don't. And then we get annoyed. And yes, we do it ourselves, right? Can you agree to that? That's happened to everybody on planet Earth, I imagined. Doing too much for our kids. Over-functioning for them. Even talking for them, which drives me crazy, and I know parents and grandparents tend to do this, we need to kind of stop that. Which it's hard, I know, but as a parent, we need to mitigate that. We want our kids to be independent, not to always feel like they have to rely on us or someone else to function or to survive, right? But do we give them the opportunity? Or do we cut that short? Now, even for myself, I've done a lot for my girls. They're five and eight, just for the simple fact that I want things done immediately. Or even I think they won't do a good enough job. I've thought that before and done things for them, whether it's brushing their teeth or making their bed or tying their shoes, whatever it may be, other mundane chores, even cooking a meal. I tend to find myself just bearing over them and getting it done to save five minutes of time. And I know that's not the best way. I just think that we do so much for our kids because we think we need to, almost. Well, according to Healthline, another article that I found, right, lovely, I'll link it in the description so you can check it out. They say that we do it to make our kids happy, and it's like we keep our kids in this happy little bubble all the time. We want to keep them in this happy bubble and we want to avoid conflict and just get the job done. Like me, right? Avoid conflict, keep our kids in the happy bubble. It just tends to be easier than fighting and arguing. So we choose that path of least resistance, right? Do I argue with my kids and get all worked up and cause like all this turmoil? Or do I just bite my tongue, I bitch and moan inside my head, and I just do what needs to be done myself? I probably guarantee that you can all relate with that. And it's not rocket science. We know this is not teaching our kids discipline or self-motivation or any other of the core things that we need to be teaching them. They say we also do it because we don't want to see our kids struggle. So we tend to step in and be that problem solver, step in 
and just take care of it for them instead of letting them kind of struggle a little bit and figure it out on their own, maybe in their own terms or whatever. Watching my daughter Kennedy make her own bed is difficult. I will be honest with you. It's hard for me to watch sometimes. She struggles. She kind of, you know, straightens the blankets and the sheets out. And when she's done, sorry, sweetie, if you ever hear this, it looks like ass, okay? It's not great. And I want to step in so badly and just do it myself and make it look crisp and nice and flat. And the pillows are perfect. And I just want to fix it. But what does that teach her? That her way wasn't good enough and that my dad is just going to do it for me so I never have to do it and I never have to learn. And she's not going to learn that way. That's not, she's not going to benefit from that skill if I do it for her. Healthline says kids learn through practice. So I just need to let her make her bed repeatedly and she will learn and it will get better and better over time. I know it's pretty silly. I'm really hammering this bed thing. I don't know why. They say they need to make, they say kids need to make mistakes and solve problems and they will grow from those experiences. We also want them to function independently. And when we do all these things, they may seem like little things to us, but we take those opportunities for our kids to build confidence. We take them away, depriving them of some self-reliance. And they say self-reliance is even more important as kids get older because us as parents, we won't be there all the time to be the problem solver for them or to fix it or to make it right. And we also don't want to be on call 24-7, do we? Helping them forge through menial tasks or late homework or whatever it may be. Can you imagine doing that when they're older? And they're calling you or they're coming home from college and they're bringing their loads of laundry because they don't know how to do it or they don't know how to iron or whatever it may be. Like, we don't want that. We want to set them up for success in the future, right? So they say steps that we can take to kind of facilitate this. Allow them to fail. Let them explain their late homework to their teacher. Let them learn from their mistakes. Also build in time for them to do it on their own. Young kids like mine, maybe I need to add in a buffer of time so they can have a few extra minutes to tie their own shoes or take that time to make their bed or brush their own teeth or whatever it may be before we leave the house. I need to add that time in to allow them to do those things so we're not rush, you know, bang, 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 rush, 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 and I have to do it or mom has to do it. So add in that little bit of time. Also stop expecting perfection. My kids are five and eight. Like I said, they aren't going to do things as well as I'm going to do them. Hell, I have 30 years of experience doing this shit. So yes, I'm going to do it better than them. But we need to stop thinking that they're going to do it the same way we're going to do it. This article has a few more tips and tricks in here. So if you want to check them out, like I said, I'll link it in the article. I'll, I'll link it in the description like I always do. Lastly, I found this little video from psychologist Adam Grant who talks about his favorite parenting advice and he mentions the idea of our kids relying on us for so much stuff, but how we can also allow ourselves to rely on them. So I kind of thought it was kind of a cool concept. So I will link that in the description. Please check that out. I think it's a Twitter link or it's on lifehacker.com or something like that, but it'll be down there for you to look at. So... Anyways, that is all I have for today's episode of Stay Home Dad's podcast. Just 
an idea that kind of came into my head when I was doing all this stuff and dealing with these things around my house. So I took a look into it, and I hope some of the info here can be useful to some of you, at least. That would be, that would be ideal. I really need to give myself that buffer of time, though. Like, I've realized I really need to do that. And I really need to stop expecting perfection and expecting things to be done exactly the way I want it. So if my kids can do it and it's a little different, let them learn and let them do it on their own. Oh, and next week is going to be a great show because I have a guest. Finally, I have another guest coming in. So look on my social media for a post. I'll kind of put a little teaser out or something like that in the next few days. I'm super, super excited for it. I finally just cold called someone and messaged them and they agreed to come on. So I'm freaking pumped, it's awesome. Lastly, if you would, please feel free to share this show. Share it with a friend, share it with a buddy. That always helps me kind of grow the audience and let more people know that I'm doing this. So I would appreciate that. Also, if you want to send me a message on social media or over on podbean.com just to say hi or tell me uh, that you're a listener, that would be awesome. I actually got a couple messages on my social media and I just want to say it really made my day. It was really exciting to see people kind of thanking me for what I'm doing and that they enjoy listening. It was just really good to hear that. So if you want to do that, please feel free to do that. Anyways, that's all I've got for today. So I will talk to you all next week. Bye.